1620. Welcome to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. Hope you are having a great Saturday. Hope you aren't uh, stuck in traffic coming back from uh, the Blue Angels Beach Show. If you did go out there, I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you are smart and plan to you know spend the day out there because uh, we all know what that's like. So, you know, just hanging out, maybe having a, a nice drink at, uh, at Captain Fun Beach Club or at, uh, at Flounders, Bamboo Willies, uh, one of the great... Uh, beachside places and uh, just, you know, chilling out and enjoying yourself and not fuming in traffic. But if you are fuming in traffic, trying to come back across the uh, the Bob Sykes Bridge, the Three Mile Bridge, getting through Gulf Breeze, that's okay. We're going to be here to, to, to give you a little bit of companionship and fun and talk about uh, all that's going on in pop culture this week, which there is a lot, uh, very heavily skewed to Marvel this week. There's a lot of big Marvel uh, releases and news this week. Of course, we'll wrap up the show by talking about... Uh, latest episode of Loki, as we have been doing every week. Uh, but joining me, first of all, to do all of this, as he does so often, please welcome from the Movies Are Terrible channel on YouTube, Jeremy Branch. Julio, thanks for having me, man. It is a big weekend here in Pensacola, and as you said, it is a big week for Marvel fans. And you and I, we like to break down Marvel-related stuff, so uh, I'm excited about today's show and we also are gonna you know uh talk about another specific hero uh figure in the world of pop culture a little bit later on so thanks for having me for this show man yeah yeah glad to have you and you know like i said you know hope everybody's got got a chance to enjoy the blue angels beach show we didn't get to have one last year like we didn't get to have most things last year so you know if, if you if you are into that hope you got a chance to go out and enjoy it i know lots of people love that show you didn't get out of course there'll be another show at, at the base in uh uh november i believe it is usually the first uh first weekend in november i'll have to double check those dates but uh you know it, you know it's it's something to see for sure uh something else to see that we've been waiting more than a year to see is we finally got the release this week of black widow the latest marvel cinematic universe movie that should have come out 14 months ago had we not all been uh interrupted with uh you know the entirety of our lives being taken over by uh by covid but uh you know the good news is you know we, we had the thursday night premiere uh, of course we did our screening at amc pensacola w street uh theater where we do our pensacola movie club screenings had a nice crowd out there for that nice conversation after the movie so uh, you know make sure you check out pensacola movie club on facebook join up with the group uh, maybe you can come out to some of our discussions and have some fun with us i know we're going to go be seeing uh looks like Space Jam, the new legacy next week. So just keep an eye on the Facebook group for information there. But uh, to get back to Black Widow, pandemic record, $13.2 million Thursday night advanced screenings. So that that's a good sign that the the, the box office is hopefully coming back to life. Uh, you know, th that's something we're, we're all looking forward to. And we've all been looking forward to this movie for some, some time now. And uh, Jeremy, I don't think you've seen it yet, have you? I have not had the opportunity to see it yet. So this is kind of an interesting thing. I have seen it now at the time that the folks at home are listening or the folks on the road are listening, 
but at time of recording, I am not, I have not seen it yet. So right after we get done today, I'll be able to call you up and have a great conversation with you. Unfortunately, we can't have it. Yeah, that's <laughs> can't per- have it on that, air this that, week. That's perfect timing, Jeremy. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> that's what I, I, that's what I do, man. I, but I, I appreciate that said, how you I'm that excited. Out. You know, uh, it, it's worth being excited for. You know, if you if you like the Marvel thing, of course, you know we've getting, been getting an almost weekly dose of of Marvel on uh, on TV or at least on streaming lately with the Disney Plus series after you know WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now we're you know we're into the home stretch on Loki with one more episode to come. And as I mentioned, we'll we'll talk about Loki later in the show. So in that regard, it's been like, well, you know. I kind of didn't miss Marvel because we've been getting our Marvel. We've just been mm-hmm. getting it in, in a different way. Uh, but it was nice to have that that big theater experience again. And this is a movie that definitely, while you can certainly choose to watch it at home and spend $30 and get it on Disney Plus Premier Access, if you so desire, uh, I think it's much better experienced on the big screen and it's got all that big action. And uh, one of the things I liked about this, Jeremy, we won't get into too much detail because I don't want to spoil you since since you haven't seen it yet. And um, so no need to worry if you're listening at home about spoilers on on the movie. We won't get into the into the weeds on that. There's been this thing with the Marvel movies in that, yes, they all take place in a coherent and consistent universe. They all are to one extent or another superhero movies. But many of them have been something besides a superhero movie. Like if you look at the first Ant-Man movie, yes, that was a superhero movie. There's a guy who can change size and yada, yada. But it was a heist movie, kind of almost first and foremost. You look at uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that was very much a political thriller. Although it was also, you know, a superhero movie. You look at uh, something like Doctor Strange and it's got the, the supernatural horror elements to it even though it's within the the superhero realm. So interestingly enough, this really plays like in in a very real way like a James Bond movie. It's it's okay. very, it's very okay. much Okay, I was wondering if we were going in the kind of uh, espionage direction of Winter Soldier, but when you say it that way, it's distinctly different. So. Yeah, it, it's it's more of it's less of a political thriller and more of a spy movie. It's Okay. To the extent that there is and this isn't really a spoiler there is a, a short scene of Natasha Romanoff, played by Scarlett Johansson, watching a James Bond movie on her laptop. She's she's uh, she's watching Moonraker, and uh, mm. so there and there are some similar plot elements to Moonraker in this film as well. So, but uh, you know, it's another really strong action-packed movie from Marvel. Uh, I I won't say it's at the top of the pack. I won't say it's at the bottom of the pack. It's you know probably solidly second tier overall but still very much we're seeing and we're seeing i think more than anything else for the performances i think uh, aside from the fact that we've all been clamoring for years i mean she's been in these movies since iron man 2 she's been long long overdue to have her own film and the fact that they only finally got around to it after they uh and spoilers if you for some reason haven't seen avengers endgame if you've had two years what's up after the character has died. So this character, this film yeah. obviously takes place before Avengers Endgame. And in fact, it's very explicitly set kind of right after Captain America Civil War. So it's in, mm. that, it's in that period where the Avengers are, are split up and uh, several of them are on the run, including Natasha. That, they, they have some fun with that era of it too. But her performance is so great. And of course, anchors the film, but she's just 
lifted up on the shoulders of the, all these other great performances. First of all, Florence Pugh as Jelena Belova, who is another graduate of the Black Widow program and, and much more than that. Just, you know, just kills it. And looking forward, that character is going to continue in the Marvel Universe and very much looking forward to seeing what she does. In fact, there is a post credit scene that sets up what she does next. So we'll, without getting into detail about that. Yes, it's a Marvel movie. There's a post-credit scene. Surprise. You should not be surprised what? by that at this point. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. I know that this is not specific to the movie, so again, we're not going to get uh, into any deep spoiler territory, but I'm curious about the meta aspect of it, Julio. Like, Because we never had Marvel television, well, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but because we never had huge marquee characters leading their own television-based series on Disney+, Plus prior to the release of Black Widow due to a lot of these unforeseen circumstances. And like you said, you didn't quite miss them uh, in a, on a technical level because we've been seeing Marvel week after week and kind of getting that, that fix. However, do you think that that um, access diminishes the excitement or do you think your critical reception would have been different had we have not had all of this supplemental material? No, I, I think, I mean, I think there's there's one thing that, you know, one character that shows up that was supposed to have shown up here first and ended up showing up on uh, on Falcon and Winter Soldier first, but that's really negligible. I, I think the movie more than holds it uh, its own, and even though, you know, we, we've been immersed in that universe, I think people are still going to be excited to see her on the big screen. I certainly was, and again, you know, performances all around, this is uh, definitely a movie that's worth your time. Uh, speaking of time, we're out of it for this segment, but we'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We've got Jeremy Branch on the line with us from the Movies Are Terrible channel on YouTube. And we're talking about everything that's going on in pop culture this week. And uh, we can't do that without uh, recognizing uh, someone who who left us this week after an amazing career of just providing some of the best uh, the best movies of, of my lifetime, at least in terms of stuff that I just really enjoyed and took to heart. And you, you heard a little bit from one of them there uh, with the Cindy Lauper song, The Goonies Are Good Enough from The Goonies. Uh, that is uh, director, producer Richard Donner. 
left us this week. And uh, just to give you a give you a little overview of uh, of what this man brought us over the years. Uh, this is just some of the films that he directed. Uh, the Omen, 1976, Damien, uh, brilliant horror movie. Uh, the original 1978 Superman, and really the majority of what you saw and liked in Superman 2, and that's a whole thing that we can get in later. Uh, the Goonies, Lady Hawk, the entire Lethal Weapon movie franchise, all four films, he, he directed and produced those. Uh, Scrooged. Maverick, uh, you know, get into stuff that he produced. He was a producer on The Lost Boys, uh, the entire X-Men franchise, the entire series of, of Fox X-Men movies, including the Deadpool movies. He was a producer on those. Mm. You look at some of the stuff that he did on television before he, he really got into the films. He, he was a director on The Twilight Zone, including the famous uh, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet episode with William Shatner, uh, directed episodes of The Man from Uncle Gilligan's Island, the Fugitive, the Wild Wild West, uh, you know, just just an incredible, incredible career and just a, an amazing, brilliant filmmaker who, uh, like I said, you know, if you're if you're in your, let's say if you're over 30 ish, th- this is a man that was probably a big part of your life and was probably a big part of the movies that you went to see in the theater or you watched over and over and over and over and over and over and over again on home video or cable or, you know, I mean, who, who is the Goonies not a touchdown for? I, and I say that and I can think of two or three people that would immediately say, Oh, I hate that movie. Blah, blah, blah. But you know, the, those people are, you know, joyless. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> They're dead inside. Yeah, it's it's all right. They you know they they they've chosen to be dead inside, and that's okay. Because uh, you know if you don't like the Goonies, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we were uh, Jeremy, we were talking offline. You know, um, you mentioned that uh, that Donner also directed the music video for that uh, for that song that we heard, "Goonies Are Good Enough" by Cindy Lauper, which was the main the main theme song from the Goonies. And uh, has the distinction of being the only two-part music video in history. They they actually made two music videos for the song, but unlike some other songs where they've made more than one music video for the song, these are these are actually meant to be viewed sequentially. They tell a story. So they, they, there's a story that starts in the first music video, and then completes in the second music video, and and nobody right. nobody else has ever done that. It's uh, really interesting because back then, and uh, yeah, I mentioned it. I brought it up. Hey, did you know that Richard Donner directed those? I, I didn't realize it until I was looking at his IMDb, but you expounded on that, and you uh, gave me a bunch of cool information that I wasn't aware of prior to prior to us talking, and that is that like because Cindy Lauper was so close with a lot of the WWF at the time people, uh, they're heavily featured in the videos. Not only that, but the cast of the Goonies are there, and they even seem to be using sets from it. So back yeah. then, I mean, and you look at Michael Jackson videos and stuff, people were putting big care into them. Like Rick Baker did the special effects, and John Landis directed Thriller for Michael Jackson. And mm-hmm. then we've got Richard Donner over here, one of the greatest directors, uh, working on uh, the Goonies soundtrack itself. So, like, we don't get videos like that anymore, but that is really impressive. A two-part video uh, story. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, if you get get some time, you know, take you know, basically you'd be listening to that song two times. So, what is that going to be? Like maybe seven or eight minutes out of your day. 
Uh, but but go watch the two videos on YouTube. They're a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun to see all the the classic uh, wrestlers of the time in the video, both as themselves and then as villains within the Goonies world, and see all the, those kids hanging out. And uh, you, you might even spot some other people that might look familiar to you that uh, mm. that uh, maybe you wouldn't have noticed at the time because they weren't quite as famous then. But uh, I'll just throw it out there: when you get to the pirate sequence, watch out for the bangles. So uh, that, no, I love that's it. Awesome. Who are actually the Bengals were on the soundtrack for the album too. I, the, I had that soundtrack album when I was a kid. Uh, the, the Bengals have a song on that soundtrack, but it was before they were really big. Uh, so this was this would have been like they had they had one album out. They'd done this song on the soundtrack, and then the next album that came out was the one that had Manic Monday and Walk Like an Egyptian. And if you if she knew what she wants, uh, and you know was the, it was like their breakthrough, and they started having big hits off of that album. But that was like after this, so so it's it's just fun to see you know Susanna Hoffs dressed up as a pirate. It's fun to see Susanna Hoffs dressed up as anything, but uh, as anything, but, absolutely, but that's, Egyptian pirate, whatever. That's that's a that's a whole nother show. I could do a whole show on just you know dreams of, <laughs> dreams of Susanna Hoffs, but uh, but but we won't get into that. Uh, so I mean, do you have is there one of uh, Richard Donner's films that really sticks out for you, Jeremy, as being one that? Uh, you really hold dear. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you asked. I was actually looking at this list and kind of uh, wondering about the same for you. I mean, the original Lethal Weapon is really good, so I just kind of wanted to touch on that one. That's one that I really like. Um, I understand the reverence for Superman, and I really, I wish I would have kind of been there in that moment because I can only see that film from the perspective of somebody that had already seen 89 Batman or somebody that had, you know, like my sensibilities were a little different when I saw it. So it didn't resonate with me as much as it did for other people. However, I really respect the fact that it was the first time that, that people saw Superman on the big screen and that they really did believe a man could fly. And it seems like it was super inspiring to an entire generation of people. So I respect it for that, but me, myself, The Omen is my favorite of Richard Donner films. I think it's a, a classic horror film. There are some incredibly iconic moments in it, uh, as in, in particular, the uh, it, It's All For You, Damien, and uh, that's all I'll oh, say. Yeah. But yes, that's a very good, creepy kid movie, so that that's my pick. What about yeah, you? Yeah, no, there's definitely some, some chilling uh, moments in The Omen. And you're going back to what you were saying about Superman. That, you know, that was the tagline for the the film. That was the the slogan. It was "You will believe a man can fly," and it really was the first time that they'd executed that kind of effect in a movie that it really was believable. And that uh, you know, right. the, the whole uh, you know the the great scene where he catches Margot Kidder falling off the building, and he says, "I've got you, Miss," and she says, "You've got me. Who's got you?" And, yes. and just, it, but it, it just, it really works. And I mean, for me, that is probably, I, I don't know that it's the first film I remember seeing in a the theater, but it's definitely an early one. And, uh, and so, so very, very formative. I would have been oh, very, very, you know, very, very young when that came out. I have very clear memories of going to see that in the theater. And so that, that one, that one really resonates for me. You know, we talked a bit, a, a lot about the Goonies. And I don't think, you know, that eight, that 84, 85 period in there is, is a very solid movie going period in general. I, I, I'd even go so far as like make that like 82 to like 86 
you know, that's, some that's really just good like, stuff in that like little a, window. Yeah, it's just like a sweet spot for you know uh, some some really great movies and some really formative movies for me. And maybe some of that is the age I was at that time too. But uh, you know, The Goonies is fantastic. I think you know Lady Hawk is very underrated. You know, I, I don't no, know. I haven't seen that. It's oh, good. yeah, man, really good. It's a really good fantasy film with uh, with okay. Rucker Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Matthew Broderick. Uh, and uh, you know, really solid cast. And there's this uh, star-crossed love story where um, the Rucker Hauer and and Michelle Pfeiffer are lovers, but they're under a curse, and they they are turned into uh well lady hawk is she is the lady hawk during the day she becomes a hawk and he is human and then at night he is i forget what he turns into and she is a woman and so they're yeah they're they're companions together they're together but they can never be together uh you know and it's just really good and then you know you look at scrooge man what a great holiday movie and and just a, a regular classic that uh, is is one that's just rewatchable year after year after year after year. Every year, yep, absolutely. And uh, and and has a great Donald Trump joke in it about uh, twenty years ahead of time. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, we, well, we won't get into that. Uh, you know, D- Donald Trump's good enough at making himself a joke on his own. <laughs> and here's another thing to think about that uh, you know maybe a lot of people don't realize that uh, the. The ways that Richard Donner's influence is still seen are obvious in, in many ways in terms of the things that he produced and the things that, you know, you can see, you know, directors and such that were inspired by him. Great point. But here's here's something that maybe a lot of people don't know. He had at one time in his employee two assistants uh, who have have now gone on to much bigger and better things. Uh, one of them was a guy named Jeff Johns, who uh, went on to become a writer for DC Comics and then went on to mm. become a writer and producer for DC in the movies and, and was involved in the Wonder Woman films and is involved in things like uh, the Titan series and the Stargirl series and is uh, you know, very big up in, in DC and influential on, on a lot of their projects and has written some really, really great stuff and been involved in some really great stuff, uh, involved with the CW, some of the CW series as well. And then the other guy who worked for him at the same time is a guy named Kevin Feige. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, you may have heard of him. He only runs all of the Marvel movies and TV shows. So did not know that. Yeah, so you know, so Jeff Johns and Kevin Feige, the 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 two guys who arguably have uh, the most to do with the superhero movies of today and the superhero TV series of today, uh, both got their starts working for Richard Donner. So. Uh, our hats off to Richard Donner. He will definitely be missed. Had a long and full life. Died died well into his nineties, but uh, he will nevertheless be missed. We've got to take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio ninety two three and AM sixteen twenty.
92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We've got Jeremy Branch on the line with us from the Movies Are Terrible channel on YouTube. And uh, Jeremy, uh, I wanted to get into a little bit of, uh, we've gotten a, a new trailer and the, the final release date for the next Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. It's going to follow Loki. We've got, of course, one more episode of Loki next week. And then we've got a, a break of a few weeks. And then coming to us August 11th, uh, which I've been looking forward to sometime, for some time now, is What If. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with th this concept, this is a, a concept that Marvel has done as a comic book off and on since, oh, I think the mid-70s, I want to say, was, uh, was the first issue. So this would be, it's an anthology series. And it would take a look at what if something had happened differently than it happened in in the story. So if you're looking at the comics, there would be things like uh, what if Gwen Stacy had lived, and you know there'd be a whole story about that. Uh, what if uh, what if uh, the Fantastic Four didn't get powers? What if uh, Loki found Thor's hammer? Things like that. There, there are all these, uh, you know, all these stories that, you know, basically take, we'll go back and look at a classic story and take an alternate universe look at it. And they were all kind of hosted by the Watcher. And the Watcher is this kind of all-seeing, all-knowing being that basically watches and records everything that happens in the, in the universe. And we've seen within the movies a little glimpse of the watchers in guardians of the galaxy uh, volume two, the scene, the scene where Stan Lee is talking to the, the big, uh, the big bald dudes and telling them about all the things that were going on. Those are, those are the watchers. So we're going to have mm -hmm. that device employed in this series. And that you see in the, in the trailer that's come out, you see, you know, a character that looks like that. And he's voiced by Jeffrey Wright. If I didn't mention, this is also an animated series. So we're going to, to have uh, you know, Uatu the Watcher as the, the framing device for this series. And with the series, they're going to basically look at alternate versions of these movies and see what would have happened in the various Marvel movies if some things had gone differently. And some of them are pretty obvious choices. Like uh, we, we clearly have a, within the trailer, there's a version of the first Captain America movie where instead of Steve Rogers getting the super soldier serum, it's given to Peggy Carter. And so we have Peggy Carter as the captain. I guess then maybe they're going captain Britain. I don't know, but captain uh, Carter. Yeah. So she's uh so she has the super soldier serum and she is the, the superhero. Uh, so that's, that's a little bit more obvious one. And then you have like a less obvious one, which I think is just a really cool idea is what if, when Yondu came to Earth, instead of taking Peter Quill, he took T'Challa, and T'Challa grows up to be Star Lord. I, I, I mean, to, that to me is just a crazy, wild concept, and I, I can't wait to see that. And of course, uh, the fun thing too is that a lot of these, a lot of the actors that have played these roles in the Marvel movies, are doing the voices of the characters for this, and. Luckily, Chadwick Boseman actually recorded his before he passed. So we are going to get to see one more performance of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, albeit an animated performance. And, and uh, that, you know, having lost him, that in and of itself is a blessing. But 
uh, you know, I'm just, I really, I always loved these comics and I, I'm really interested to see what they do with them. Uh, looking at them, look, doing animated stories based on the movies. And I'm told, or not, I'm not told, but I've read that uh, they intend to eventually touch upon all of the movies in the course of the, oh, the series. Oh, that's cool. So we're going to see, you know, a wide variety of characters that we've seen in the films in various situations. Uh, I think we're getting 10 episodes in this first se- this first season, but they've already greenlit a second season of this, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, in some way or form, we're going to touch on all of those characters. And again, several of them, I, most of them coming back to do their voices. I know that uh, the exceptions is I know Robert Downey Jr. is not coming back as Iron Man. I don't think Chris Evans is coming back as Captain America. And there's a couple, a couple others. Brie Larson is not in it. Uh, Chad, um, Benedict Cumberbatch is not in it. Uh, and when weirdly enough, Seth Green is not voicing Howard the Duck because we are going to see Howard the Duck in this. Uh, he, he, yes, he's in the trailer, but but not voiced by Seth Green, unfortunately. So, uh, so what about you, Jeremy? Have, have you seen the trailer first of all? And what do you, what are your thoughts about all of this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I actually just watched the trailer before you and I uh, recorded this session. So I got fresh eyes on it and I was around, uh, you know, the comic book store the most when that second run, it was like 89 to 98 mm-hmm. or something, something yeah, like that, they where uh, they were doing um, different what if versions. And I actually bought a couple of the comics and one that I had to get was uh, what if the Hulk had killed Wolverine? I thought mm-hmm. that was a really good uh, story. And then what if the Punisher became Captain America? Those were two that I just thought were really cool. And, so going into this trailer, my, my first uh, thought always is, what is the animation style going to look like? Are we going 2D? Are we going 3D? And I really like the way that they they kind of gave us the best of both worlds. It, it's a little, uh, just for comparison's sake, similar to something like a Scanner Darkly, maybe into the Spider-Verse, but I think it's stylized in a different way. It's, it's yeah. very distinct, and I like it. It looks clean and polished. They've got really nice cell shading on it. Yeah, it's all a cell shaded kind of so 2D I, look. It's, 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 it's a little bit, I mean, some people might find it to be an acquired taste, but I'm kinda, I kind of like it, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they do with it. Now, did you have a particular story that you were looking forward to or something that you saw in the trailers that you thought was interesting? Yeah, you broke down several of the good ones and, uh, I, you know, several of the ones that really stuck out, um, you know, like narrative wise in there. But for me, I think the one that I'm probably the most curious about seeing is T'Challa as the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I mean, his voice is so distinctive right off the bat. You know, I, I wondered, is that is that Robert Downey Jr. doing Tony Stark? But immediately knew that that was Chadwick Boseman in that performance. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, I'm curious to hear what the reception to the art style is. But, yeah, it's, it, it definitely got me intrigued, Leo. Well, so here's the thing that, that was new to this new trailer that I was interested and excited about. And that's uh, – and I, I, don't know, I don't think it'll be the first episode, but I'm hoping it'll be an early episode anyway. Uh, there's there's an episode that's going back to the first Iron Man movie, yeah. And uh, you know the the terrorists attack Tony Stark's uh, motorcade, and he's about to get killed, and he sees the Stark Industries bomb in front of him, and then somebody comes and grabs the bomb and tosses it away and saves him, and you see who it is, and it's Killmonger. 
And man, I just, that's not something I ever even thought about, but man, do I want to see how that works out. Like to, Tony, yeah, that's a Tony good point. Stark that's what starts off the trailer. Tony Stark is saved by, from the 10 rings by Killmonger. How is that going to work out? And what is that? And that is just an amazing, like I never even thought about putting those two characters together. And I never thought about getting another bite at the apple with that character. And I hope Michael no Jordan's voicing him. I, I don't know if he is or not, but man, what a, what a cool idea. And then of course, you know, the other thing that everybody's been talking about in these trailers and, and they've, it's been in several of the trailers. And I think this is the second or third trailer we've gotten. Um, you know, it's a big thing in the Marvel universe the Marvel zombies and we're, we're going to get a bite at that apple in this, uh, in this series as well. There's definitely been some, some zombie creatures seen in, in this trailer. So we're going to see some version of Marvel zombies get animated. Now, do you like, are you a fan of the Marvel zombies comics or have you? uh, Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like there is just so many things happening in succession that uh, it slipped my mind just a moment ago, but yeah, yeah, it looks super great. And like, I, I, to kind of, uh, you know, speak to what you're saying for those that may not know, the Marvel Zombies was not necessarily attached to the What If series at all. It was its own kind of little sub run of zombie stories using every comic book character you can think of, super dark, super gory. And yes, uh, to your point, we're going to get some version of that, but I wouldn't suspect we're going to get the, you know, anywhere near the comics version of that. Do you have something that you you're like, is there something idea that comes to you from all your years of, of Marvel movie watching about some alternate version you'd like to see of, of some story that we've seen already? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I like that. Um, let's see if I kind of, what if, what if Iron Man had built the, oh man, crap. Uh, what, (laughs) help me out. You want to do it together? Uh, let's see a character. We'll take black Panther and uh, who do you think? And one other character, and then we'll try to make a scenario for him. Uh, let's, let's, let's make that as disparate as possible. Black Panther and while we're already seeing Black Panther and Yondu, I don't know how you make that more disparate than it already is. Uh, but yeah, that'll be the fun of it. We'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of it and looking forward to checking out what if starting on August 11th on Disney plus we gotta take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to let's go Pensacola on news radio, 92.3 and AM 1620. street that the fire in your heart is out i'm sure you've heard it before but you've never really had a doubt i don't believe that anybody feels the way i do about you and all the roads that lead us there are winding And all the lights that light the way are blinding There are many things that I would like to say to you But I don't know how 
gonna be the one that saves me And after all You're my wonder wall News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We've got Jeremy Branch on the line with us from the Movies Are Terrible channel on YouTube. Uh, well, that can only mean one thing, Jeremy. It, it's, the, it's the last segment of the show. We're hearing crazy variants of familiar pop songs. Mm. It can only be time to talk about Loki. It, uh, that... that uh, that actually was in the episode, ladies and gentlemen. That is that is a version of a course of the classic '90s song "Wonderwall" by Oasis, done by the Mike Flowers Pops. Okay. Uh, and that is, uh, yeah, that's uh, when you uh, are hanging out in the the bowling alley. Yes, there's a bowling alley in this episode. Uh, that's that's what you hear playing in the background. There is a that like Muzaki version of. Of the the classic Oasis song, uh, as always, there's a lot going on in this episode. But man, did it, this one is just so much fun and just so crazy. And there's there's so many Lokis. <laughs> I just uh, you know, I, well, let's put up the spoiler warning because we're going to definitely get into spoilers. Uh, Got to so. We we saw at the very end of the last episode, uh, last week's episode, that Loki has been sent to uh, what we now know is the void. It's basically where everything that gets pruned by the TVA goes. It's at the uh, this, you know, kind of black hole at the end of time. So all those people that we've seen pruned weren't actually killed. They weren't actually deleted from the timeline. That was all a lie. So uh, so that's good news because we saw two characters we really liked pruned last episode. And then we uh, we end up seeing Sylvie prune herself after she learns that learns this this episode. But we saw Loki wake up in this post apocalyptic uh, world and confronted by four other Lokis. And that's not all, folks. It, yeah, we we have those no. four Loki. We get to know those four Lokis that we met in the last episode, which are of course classic Loki, played by Richard E. Grant. Uh, we've got Kid Loki, we've got boastful Loki. And best of all, the the sensational character find of 2021, Alligator Loki, <laughs> or, or as I, as I like to call him, Loki Gator. Uh, I just, mm. I, I just, man, I just that character is so much fun, and it's, it's just one of those weird things. But but that's not all. So they they're hiding out, and it turns out because they're Lokis, they betray each other all the time. And boastful Loki has betrayed the other Lokis to another variant of Loki, President Loki, and his band of Lokis that have come to his side. But of course, they betray him, and a massive Loki battle ensues, including Alligator Loki biting off <laughs> President Loki's hand. <laughs> I just, oh man, it's just, it's so much fun. And, uh, but that's not, I mean, that's that's just a sideshow, really. That's not even. The main thing that's going on here uh, and, and the other sideshow that is so much fun is there are so many Easter eggs in this episode as you're as you're going through this this scape where the the TVA has kind of relegated everything that they've decided doesn't exist. You see things like the infamous Thanos copter, which uh, for, for those that don't know, there's um, 
there used to be a comic book called Spidey Super Stories, and it was like the the young readers Spider-Man spinoff comic that was kind of based off the Spider-Man's appearances on the electric company back in the day. And uh, so it was very, you know, very juvenilely written, you know, written for very young kids. Spider-Man comic that was non-continuity. And in one episode, he's fighting Thanos and Thanos is flying around in a bright yellow helicopter with the word Thanos written on the side. Because that's what Thanos would do. From outer space, an yeah. helicopter. Here and, he comes. And so the Thanos copter is now canon to the MCU because somewhere in some timeline there was a Thanos copter and it's been relegated to the void and it's <laughs> it's in this episode. We see things like that throughout the The other fun one that I have to mention is Throg is in this episode. Throg, for those who don't know, is the frog version of Thor. So we have Alligator Loki and Frog Thor in this episode. And I, for mm-hmm. one, I for one, either want to see them team up or fight. It, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rest until we get that. And I don't think we're going to get that in the last <laughs> episode because there's, there's too much else going on. But come on, Mark. Give, that's the, okay, you want to know the what if that I want? That's the what if that I want. I want the, the what if where, where Throg and Loki Gator either team up or fight each other. That's. Oh, that's fantastic. That, that That is so good. I, I got to redeem myself real quick. What if what if Mark Ruffalo and Terrence Howard's version of the characters teamed up against Ed Norton and Don Cheadle's version of the characters? Oh, that's interesting. Mixed tag team. Okay. Yeah, we'll move. It's fine. <laughs> I just, I was trying my best to come up with a way to redeem myself, but yours is, yours is still better, man. But so, you know, we got to get to the overall, you know, the, the, the real plot drive that we've, we've got here. And that is, Loki and Sylvie still trying to find out who's behind the TVA. And it, it looks like we're getting there. You know, there's a big, uh, there's a big mislead at the start with uh, Ravana and Miss Minutes kind of lying to Sylvie and telling her that they want to find out what's at, you know, at the root too. And it's, it's all a ploy, but then she prunes himself and eventually they get to where it looks like they're getting to see who's behind the, the literal smoke curtain and the yet another Wizard of Oz reference that we're getting in this uh, in this series, and it looks like next episode we're we're due to have some uh, some reveals, is my guess. Now, do you have? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, so? Do you have any speculation here? Where what 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 are your thoughts on? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on on this episode overall? Did you enjoy the episode? Did you have some things you liked about it? There is so few things that I have uh, as far as critiques of this episode because you said it. Like, that brawl between all the Lokis is just fun. It's hilarious. It's it's staged well just because there's so much happening. And, yeah, it, there was that one sweeping shot that was almost like a, like a Where's Waldo of Marvel Easter eggs. If you're looking through, there are so many little things that you can pick out, you know, these little uh, things that you may or may not recognize from the comics. So, yeah, I thought it was – I thought it was fantastic. And it was not probably just, the most not just Marvel things either, because there's things like the the USS. Uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten the name of the ship right now. But the the ship that just appears and is attacked uh, is the ship from the Philadelphia Experiment. I did not get that yeah, reference so until the, afterwards. Yeah, so that's that's the whole thing where uh, where the the ship that disappeared and nobody knows what became of it. That's that's mm. the ship there. So that they they not only delve into you know the Marvel minutia and the Easter eggs and the fun stuff, but there's like fun real world stuff or 
stuff that references other media that's in there too. And yeah, uh, that is cool. So, that, I, I really liked the throg showing up and uh, it made me think like uh, when I see an alligator, I immediately think Loki. So I'm calling, if you're going with uh, what was your name for him? Loki gator. gator. Loki gator. Loki gator's good. I'm going Floki in the tradition of Florida. <laughs> so so wait are you saying Thank that you. loki was a florida man yes correct i, I, could, correct. I could see that the florida, florida florida man loki turned himself into a gator i could definitely see that being where where that that could have been i read that happened. headline last week yeah that's uh i i could see that and you know the fun the the awesome news that we got this week in addition to that is we are getting Funko Pops of those four Lokis. So there is, oh, love you it. are going to be able to get a Loki Gator Funko Pop. And I absolutely have to have that. But they're also doing classic Loki and kid Loki and boastful Loki. So, you know, you so, can have your own yeah, army Richard of Lokis. E. Grant. Oh, Richard I'd E. Grant I'd be remiss to not so mention great. that Richard E. Grant is really, really good as classic Loki. And then as far as my theory, I'm sorry, I, I sidetracked you. Um, but for my final... Uh, prediction it's got to be a king loki i like that the most because it keeps the story on loki which has been so thematically important as this conflict that he has with himself and there may be a king button on it or an easter egg or a bump 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 at the end but i think he really has to face the darkness in himself right i mean i think thematically that that would be great but i do think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of Kang, you know, questions out there too. So I'm kind of good with it either way, but yeah, thematically, thematically, yes, but I kind of want it to be more than that too. I, I, I want the Kang of it all too. So we'll see what happens. That whether, yeah, now, you know, it would, would really be great if they wanted to throw a left hook at people. Mephisto. What's that? Mephisto. Oh no. <laughs> You're right. Nobody would see it coming. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I am not at all making that prediction, but, uh, you know, that, that, that would be something different, but yeah, you got to mention how great Richard E. Grant is in this because not only is he, and he's always good in everything. Don't get me wrong, but he is him coming back. And again, spoilers, you know, him coming back and providing the distraction and making the sacrifice play is just so, so good. And it's so emotional because you know that, the character that he's playing is meant to be the original Loki from the comics. Man, that just, uh, that I, I'm not going to lie. I got a little bit of a tear in my eye when that happened, but uh, it was a very good scene. You know, we've got one, uh, one more week to go here. We, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. And we will be back talking about it next week in detail. I'm sure Jeremy, thanks so much for being here. We are running out of time for the show. I uh, hope to see everybody back here next week. Until then, you're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620.